Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode 28 of the Burnout Expert Podcast. Today we have with us Virginia Rashmang. Did I get that right? Yeah, you say that really good. Yeah. Amazing. Um, she, Virginia, had burnout 12 years ago and it took her three years to recover. Now, as we're sitting here and we're thinking of three years, we might be saying, that's a heck of a long time. But quite often, as you've seen from episodes in the past, we've been in burnout and we've had signs of burnout for way longer than the actual crash that we're that we experience that we think is the end of burnout, where it starts. And they do say it takes about a month for every year that you are in burnout. So it does take quite a while. And then if you're taking twists and turns along the way, it takes us a little bit longer to get out as well. So the severity, though, of Virginia's burnout is also what took her so long to get out as well. Um, and the severity of her, her burnout has left her with this underlying fear resurfacing again for hitting burnout. And I know this has happened to me as well. So um, just want everyone to know that if you are feeling this as well, you're definitely not alone. Virginia struggled with depression severe repetitive strain injuries where she couldn't even wash her hair by herself. Her husband had to do it for her. She wasn't able to write. And the thing is, is that she is a career um, business growth coach. And she also is a songwriter. And having that dexterity in her hands, the strength in her hands was, was a big part of her livelihood and she wasn't able to do that. So a big part of her identity had been stripped from her. Virginia went to practitioners multiple times a week in order to recover, as well as make some big changes in how she lives her life day to day. Despite the hardships, these experiences have actually made her stronger. And in, in the career that she does now in her coaching, which I'm so excited to bring into how it's actually Brought, been able to bring those skills into helping others as well. She really does inspire to empower her clients and unlock their true potentials, fostering personal and professional growth with this unwavering support. So Virginia, welcome to the Burnout Expert Podcast. Oh, hi, Andy. What an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So yeah. let's dive right in. I mean, you had such a tough, tough burnout. So I'll have you start your story wherever you want and, yes. and bring us into your burnout story. Yeah, so I was in a secretary job at that time. And um, 
I didn't even work that many hours. I worked maybe 32 hours. Um, I, I went down to one day uh, less. And, um, but that was such a build up to that point. And that's what it is. And I also tell other people like the, the burnout doesn't come just from working and just working hard for a year or whatever. It, it can, but it, it mostly is a, a, an adding to, you know, circumstances to each other. And then you, at one point, it's like a boiling pan, you know, with a lid on top, it, on top and it boils and it boils and the cooking point goes above and then the water just spills over the pan. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, then it's too late, you know, and that you didn't take care of yourself before or took, take your... Um, needs and and your health take yourself seriously in that part and um, it's not like a, a judgment that I say here but it's a, an observation that I made from myself at that time and um, so yeah I, I come from a, a background that I have certain traumas as well and 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 with uh, sexual assault and and and, and and um, sexual abuse that also occurred. But there are many, many other things that I also developed P PS, um, PTSD. Yep. Uh, so I was also diagnosed with that at that point when I got the burnout because I went in, in, um, in therapy. You know, I had to uh, get into, yeah, a better headspace with myself and heal certain parts of myself and I saw the patterns that occurred um, and I got aware of is that uh, I couldn't say no to people and, and, and couldn't stand up for myself. And that, that I saw also in my jobs that um, I said yes a lot. And I, I was also not, well, I, I couldn't be really assertive with people and say what I want. And if I didn't want anything or like if, if anyone would ask me, um, can you do this? And I would just, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And the feeling behind that was that um, I have to be strong, you know, I cannot show weakness. And, um, and also since I was young, um, I pushed myself so much um, that I, I wanted to create success for myself, but somehow I pushed myself in that, in a not a good way, not a healthy way thinking it was more destructive way because I, I felt the shame for my background and and also yeah I, I wanted to prove the world that I can I can be normal <laughs> like let's say I don't know if anybody would um, um, resonate with that like uh, yeah like quote unquote normal and what is normal I don't know but I had this image in my head that I have to be this hardworking professional woman and then show the world that I can be successful just to compensate with the feelings of shame. Yeah. And yeah. And that went on so many years in every job that I couldn't, and also through my life that um, uh, I didn't want to disappoint anybody. And I felt if I said no to people or if I spoke my opinion about what I want and didn't want, 
except with my close friends, I could be very direct with them, um, how I feel, but in, in a working place somehow, I wasn't that extroverted person, you know, I, I because there's like this hierarchy going on. Yes. And, and you have to obey to the, the higher uh, position there. You have to go into a lot of um, pressure of work and you have to prove yourself every day, every day. And um, I did also a lot of jobs that, well, just paid the bills, you know? Yeah. Just for money, yeah. And that's normal. Like, I think a lot of people go into the working force just to make ends meet. You know, you have to pay your bills. And, 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 and I didn't live from my passion and my desire. I was totally disconnected with myself who I was, I didn't know. I actually knew a little, you know, that you know from the core, somewhere you know who you are, but you are not allowed. You're not permitting yourself to be as you are. So I struggled with the confidence and the self-esteem. But on the other hand, the others that will know me, they will maybe not think I was not not confident. Yeah, so we get that imposter syndrome. We get that where... Quite often, many of us who have these dreams, who have these passions, who really want to help people and make a difference in the world, we're viewed by some others as there's something wrong with us or our, our thoughts are wrong because they are different and they're outside of the box. And when we no. don't fit in with these standard norms of society, which is interesting because as I'm saying this, I'm also thinking of different just different pieces of the workforce. So if we think of first responders, there's this certain conformity of what fire is supposed to look like, act like, and be like, what an EMS person is supposed to look like, act like, and be like, what an officer is supposed to. And if you're anything outside of that, or if you have other ideas, you don't necessarily feel like you fit in, but this was the job that you really wanted to do. Or we think of corporate, like lawyers. I've with so many lawyers, and, and with the lawyers too, they come in with this passion of what they feel that they want to do and this change that they want to make. And when they get there, it, it, there's so much politics, bureaucratic stuff, hierarchy things that you have to step over and step around and do things that, that even without the childhood traumas, you can, those can start to become traumas in themselves. But if you have those childhood traumas, so I know for myself too, one of my beliefs as a child was that if I kept quiet, I was safer mm. when I was being yelled at. So I, I, I learned that when somebody is coming at me with you're wrong, this, that, whatever, I just learned that if I was quieter, I'd be safer. And I also learned I didn't have voice. I learned that Anytime I did have an idea that was different or um, outside of the box, that it was wrong and I didn't have that voice. And so if you're bringing that even into any job, as you said, if it's a job that even is paycheck to paycheck, or if it's a job that um, does mean something to you that you're trying to work up in, if you're coming into it with these traumas of, I don't have a voice or I'm not good enough or I'm not normal. Like I've never felt normal. And I realize now as I have two e neurodiverse children and I'm learning about them, I'm learning how cool they are. 
but how they don't necessarily fit in with other kids as much, but they are so freaking cool. And I have so many traits with them. So I realized too, why I didn't necessarily feel that normal either. And so we, we bring these things in, into that. So let's, that's, that's, and then diving into that, that can go into this burnout. So your burnout crash though, you had a lot of symptoms, physical symptoms. So you were going to therapy for the PTSD. You had the PTSD and the burnout. Yes. So, and it's hard to, I, I've dealt with a lot with PTSD and with burnout and it's hard to separate the two in a sense because PTSD is a post-traumatic. So there's a trauma, but it's a stress disorder as well. And burnout is long-term stress. So a lot of the symptoms that you're getting with long-term stress are present as well with the PTSD. And you're also then diving into traumas, which as I'm learning, everybody has traumas to different degrees. The traumas that you went through are horrific. And those are the traumas that people do tend to think of are those really horrific traumas when we're thinking of traumas. Yes. Um, but we also do have those dysfunctional homes or things that happened as a child as well that are all these little T traumas or these things that happen in the workplace that are these traumas as well that start to change the way that we think as well. And so you had all of that, mm -hmm. all of that. So diving into your story then, can you tell us about that time where we were talking about like you couldn't wash your hair, you couldn't mm -hmm. do things for yourself? What was happening to you? Like, why couldn't you? And how did that feel? Yeah, I, I so can relate to what you just said. And it's like, oh my goodness, yes. Uh, you want to try to be a, a person that you are not. Mm -hmm. And I think that because I was under that pressure and I was typing, typing the whole day because I was a secretary and, and doing behind the computer and everything. And I went so far that I I worked in maybe a a year or a half year in that pain, mm. and and the pain in my hands, in my neck, and in my my arms, the repetitive strain injury, because um, you know every part of me is saying I have to do something that I have to enjoy and what my passion is, and I that time was music, but I had all this these fears or these limitations on myself that I could never make that my profession. So I blocked that out of my mind, but also that like a, cre I, a, a creative mind doesn't belong in this environment, you know? Yes. Like it's corporate that you have to be this type, like what you said, you have to be this and this type, very, um, I don't know, like the realistic, I don't know. I cannot really yeah. explain what that well, is. I do. I have, I have one of my kids is not, creative at all there, there's no mm. and he's very science technology engineering oriented it's very black and white it's how he thinks we don't do emotions yeah. it's like if you give him a picture and say what do you think and feel he can't answer that but you say what do you see he'll tell you exactly what he sees very literal there's no creativity so in that like that corporate environment or in that environment where there isn't that creativity part he will thrive mm. but somebody <laughs> who like yourself is the singer the songwriter this passion you have this creativity in that environment that's stressful for you yes it is and i denied that for a long time mm -hmm. and uh, just to conform you know and be more conventional let's say that 
And um, yeah, and that worked against me. And um, and all these, of, of course, all these things that uh, caused these depression, depression feelings and the PTSD was also there inside of me. So I think it's a whole combination of working myself so much and um, putting all that pressure on myself that it, it became psychosomatic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to a physiotherapist at that time as well, when I, when I was still working, um, to handle that pain. And I remember that day that I went into the stock room and I called up my physiotherapist and I said, can you please tell my boss I cannot come to work anymore because I'm in so much pain. I cannot even move my hands, my fingers on the keyboard. It hurts so much. Mm. And he said, but I cannot do that for you. You have to speak up for yourself and tell your boss how you feel and what you want and what you need. And I said, no, I'm so ashamed. I cannot. And I will disappoint everybody. And I have so much responsibility. And yeah, he, of course he couldn't call up my boss, but that's how far it was. I needed somebody else to tell me what to do with myself and, and tell, I couldn't say it, say the words, I cannot. That was such a shame for me. I, I can never say those words. I cannot do this. I, I, I'm not capable of. Like those didn't exist in my vocabulary. I always said, no, I can make anything happen. And it doesn't matter how far I need to go with myself. Yeah. Just deny every part of me of emotional part or physical part that's hurting. Just go on and go on. Survival mode. Which is you know? fascinating because... The words, I cannot, I'm incapable, are like shame words. Yes. And those are the negative words. Whereas if we were to turn those words around and reverse it and think of it from a different light of, you know, I'm not able to do this job to the best of the moment because I have pain that I need to take a step back to recover from my pain so that I can then be a better employee, that's not a shame statement or a shame word that when we are in that, that depth of burnout, when we are where we struggle to set those boundaries, speak up for ourselves, have a voice, the words that we choose are very different too. I can't say I cannot, and I can't say I'm incapable. Those aren't words that people who actually set boundaries and have a voice say those are the words that people who are struggling to set boundaries and who are struggling to um, really prioritize the right things in their life they don't say those words it's the people that are struggling with that that say those words to themselves yes exactly exactly so yeah that's really true and from that point on, okay. And then I walked into the office of my boss afterwards. I said, I have to do it now because yes, it's just, I'm falling really literally physically, mentally apart. It's also the mental part, right? You cannot handle the, your nerves are so open, like you're a complete open wound. wound. Mm -hmm. And like you're bleeding from the inside and the outside. Let's say that. Yeah. Yes. And that's how it feels. You're so irritable, but also angry, resentful, because you, 
you say yes to so many things and you cannot, you know, like you're not, you went too far, you know? So I went into my boss's um, office and he looked at me with these big eyes and waiting for me to talk, <laughs> you know? And then I, I said the words and I could just, I just want to dig a hole in the ground. Mm. And, and that's the whole actually sad part because when I look back, I said, well, I'm so, I was so hard on myself, you know, like punishing myself for what, you know, and, and, and being ashamed of being alive, being a human. Yeah. You know? Having pain. In pain. Like pain you have to be ashamed. Yes. And that's so weird, you know, because yeah, it doesn't matter your background or there are always in life so many messages that you get from school, from your parents, or maybe relatives or things you experience that just conditions your mind to think a certain way. And yeah, you what you said, it's not even that I maybe experienced these traumas, it's just all the thoughts that just developed about myself. And that can happen in any way with, um, with somebody. But um, like, for example, some of my uh, clients, they, they were raised by narcissistic mothers. Mm -hmm. And they also got a certain pressure to be a certain way or not be a certain way because the mother was so critical. And yeah. uh, yes, and that, so, uh, that is also a form of trauma, you know, and, and abuse. So um, that's also maybe an extreme example again, but... Um, I think many people don't even know that they maybe are raised by a person like that, that you get this codependency um, patterns, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then it's difficult to speak up for yourself because you feel you're not important enough. And the thing is, is so what you experienced were horrific, those big T yeah. PTSD traumas. And we definitely need to acknowledge that and give it the, um, the onus that it absolutely does deserve. Yes, the results. And I think though that what you and I are both trying to express for everybody that is listening, that if you have not experienced those big T traumas, but you are still saying things to yourself that, that you have said today, that, that I have said that I don't have a voice or I'm not good enough, or I can't say no to people. I have to say yes to everybody. Yeah. And if not, I'm disappointing everybody. If you're not able to set boundaries and you don't have those big trauma PTSDs, it may be from other things in your life as well that have added up and brought those beliefs in. So they even say too, like praise, sometimes mm -hmm. too being praised a lot, like, oh, you're really smart. Oh, you're, you know, and then you start believing that I have to be perfect in everything. I have to be so good in everything. And you start giving yourselves these beliefs. Um, oh, you're so athletic. Oh, you're so pretty. You know, all of these things. Then you start putting all of your worth in those things and the pressures we put on ourselves from those, even though somebody may have been saying it to us from a very positive influential point of view. It's how we, in that space and moment in time when somebody was saying it to us, interpreted it. That can cause us to later on have these different thoughts and feelings and, and beliefs about ourselves 
that do affect how we perform in a job, how we will not quit, even though we're having such horrible pain all the way from our tips of our fingers, up our arms, our shoulders, into our neck, that is so painful that we can't even move our fingers. And we still feel like we should not be taking care of ourselves first. Exactly. Exactly. So it can have different, different, um, how do you say it? Causes and background, but still the result, the pressure that you put on yourself, it's on yourself. Yes. That you don't know how to protect your mental and sanity and your <laughs> physical uh, feeling. Let's yeah. say that your health. And um, yeah, so where, where were we again? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. So you were saying you went and spoke with your boss. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Oh, yeah, that was the thing. Um, yeah, so uh, that moment and um, yeah, he was just asking me some questions like, oh, um, I can't remember exactly how the, the conversation went because I felt it was so traumatic. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it was really like a, a traumatic, like it was a daze, right? Like uh, you went like in this, I don't know, you, you separate from your body somehow because well, it's you, so confronting. Were, yeah. Yeah. You were facing one of your biggest fears where I, somebody is, I'm going to be really, really rejected or really hurt. Like coming from sexual abuse that way too, of hiding from that, like that trauma can be pulling up again. If, if I use my voice and I'm actually noticed, then those same physical injuries could be coming back again. Like yeah. that can, and you had imprinted in yourself that using your voice, that speaking up, that taking care of yourself, that saying no, were all things that were, you did that to protect yourself. You were doing it as a way to protect yourself and you, by speaking to your boss, didn't have those protection mechanisms and your body can go into this huge panic state. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Panic state. That, that's a good one. Yeah, definitely panic feeling. So did you go so, to work after that? Um, like, were you so? Off? Yeah, I went, I went for, for sick leave. Um, well, oh, when I came home that day and I said, oh, I said, guys, I have to go. I'm, I cannot work anymore now. I'm going to tell my colleagues. And I went home and I remember I sat on the couch just walked, looking outside for an hour and crying how disappointed I felt in myself and this high sense of responsibility. And I think maybe the listeners would recognize too that high sense of responsibility. It's up to me to make it all work. You know, like um, I cannot disappoint, you know, those yeah. kind of feelings. Yes. So it, it took, um, well, they want, wanted to see me. So now and then just to check up on me or I just went to work just to show my face, but it took like maybe a year. Wow. Before I, yeah. And, and, and luckily, the system in Holland, because I was in Holland at that time, and now I'm in Aruba. So uh, in Holland, there is a good system with sick leave that you get paid um, at that time, the full salary for a year. And after that, 
it's um, 80% or 70%. I can't remember that that well, but I still got paid. And um, and at that time, I, I went in full uh, rehabilit rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. I went to an occupational therapist um, once a week to learn how to write and hold a pen again. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and like what you said, I couldn't raise my hands, my arms. And so my husband had to wash my hair. And I went twice a week to another physical therapist. I, I mm -hmm. because I felt safer with a woman. I also noticed that like, I'm going to do things right now, like taking care of myself all the way. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't feel comfortable with that, um, like a, a man. And he was also, I don't know. I, there were some things about him that there's maybe also on the edge of not so trustworthy. Let's mm -hmm. say that. But you know those patterns, you you see them, but you push them away. Like ah, yes. oh, don't think about that about other people. You know, don't judge other people. That you have to just accept them the way they are and just take all the. I don't. I want to say the word crap, but it's true. You know. Yes. So yeah changes so i i took another i had another physical therapist she was so cool she was had more a holistic way of approach that the body and mind are one and yeah. it's true you know and so she worked on relaxation so not into the the, the sports school how do you say that the fitness room <laughs> you know where you go with physiotherapy you go yeah. uh, uh, in the in the fitness area you work on no she said I'm going to massage you twice a week. Yeah. And I think that's what helped me. It was like two years. Yeah. Twice a week. I went to her just oh, wow. for back massage and the pain points. And she massaged that. And we, and I talked a lot about everything. So she was like a psychologist and a special therapy all in one. And, and aside of that, I went also into um, group therapy and I'm a big advocate for that as well. Um, if anybody has a chance to do group therapy, that's a, such a great reflection um, on yourself, but also you get so much out of that uh, than just one-on-one -on -one with a psychologist, I find. So um, I was in there five days a week. Wow. Doing all types of therapy, cognitive therapy, psychotherapy, creative therapy, anything that you can do. It's like, from 8.30 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes I had on the side also anger management, mm -hmm. how to deal with all these feelings that I had stocked in my body and in my mind from being this agreeable, fearful person. Mm -hmm. So it, that comes out in anger and resentment because you're so stuck with yourself, so locked up. And that's the whole feeling. You feel locked up. So yeah. in, in those uh, couple of years, I learned how to be more assertive and really feel my body, really feel and really getting aware of, okay, so if somebody says this and that, how do you feel about that? Really getting to think about that. Do I like that? Does it feel comfortable or not? And then listen to those Listen to your own voice. Learn how to listen to your own voice. Oh, that was the most difficult part in my whole life because it has no place for that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hadn't had the tools to 
handle those kind of things. So, so yeah, it was a whole uh, recovery process. Yeah. So, and this is, there's been a couple of things that, that you've said that are completely reoccurring with everybody that we interview is Mm -hmm. the signs were there for a lot longer until there was that point where you really got pushed into, for you, it was being medicaled out, going on medical leave. And I hear this a lot where it gets to where people go on medical leave. They can't do what they're doing anymore until they start making changes. And the second piece of what you're saying is it's not one modality to fix it, right? Like there's so much damage. If you're waiting until you're medicaled out, the, the more damage has physically been done to your body, but we also have to work on the habits that got you into there as well. So not saying no, not saying, um, yeah, not saying no, not having boundaries, using your voice in a constructive, positive way. Um, and working through those things and for you with the PTSD, working through the traumas as well. And the, the, the ways to have the tools to be able to work through those traumas as well. Like it's not one solution. There's so many avenues we need to work at. There's so many different pieces that if somebody said to you, oh, you know, yeah, you have repetitive strain injury. You just need to stop doing what was straining you and like take that stress away and then go to physio. And they're just going to work on your muscles, your nerves, whatever for a year, you'll be fine. Like that wouldn't have worked for you. Exactly. And then that's why um, I went to the, in the meantime, when I was on medical leave, there's like this uh, medical doctor from the workplace. I don't know what it's called in, 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 in English. Holland medical doctor from the work. And I'm not sure we have a medical doctor for workplaces here. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they hire these medical uh, doctors that, yeah, that do checkups for them on the person that is on sick leave and I went to him also and um, they tend to not take you too seriously so I was in a fight with him tomorrow a lot of times like discussions and that doesn't help either for the recovery because you don't know yourself at all and when you get like these people that don't believe in you and don't think it's like serious what you're talking about and I also had to learn how to speak for myself and say no I feel this and that, and I decide what's going to happen with me. And I decide. And um, so, but uh, yeah, so not being taken seriously, uh, that's like the side effect because you cannot speak for yourself and don't take yourself seriously. So other people have the tendency just to walk all over you. Yeah, and And so (laughs) we do have that. I believe that would be WSIB for us here in Canada, which is Workman Safety Insurance Board. And if you do have a claim of going off work on leave, um, it needs to be, I think they do the checkups and and check and see, or if there's an injury at work, then they deal with that, but they have to, they're seeing so many cases in a day and they have quotas and stuff to fill as well. But it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a broken system in the way that that works as well, for sure. Um, and then you get as well with different diagnosis, um, I know for PTSD, there's certain, there's four 
for certain criteria for PTSD. And in order to get that, in order to be medical out for PTSD is one thing, but if you don't have those four criteria, but you, you're still feeling like crap and you have another, maybe possible another diagnosis, but it's not covered under that, then you don't get the paid leave on when you're going out medical out. And so those are the frustrations that can occur as well. So I believe you are very, very lucky to have been medical out and have all of that, the pay and the support of all yes. of the therapies for the year, because most here do not have that at all. So that is definitely a saving grace for you. It was. And um, I, I, I'm so grateful for everything, like uh, also my therapy time that saved my life because I was on the verge of just ending it. Yeah. Yes. And um, I can now speak about these things and also be very open because I got the help that I had, that I, uh, well, I took the help. I searched for help, you know? Um, and that's also, also, I think, a difference for that you, you, um, I was afraid for asking for help. So that was also a learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, to ask for the right help and to take all the, how do you say that, means and possibilities, uh, options, and yeah. take it, you know, for your best uh, self, for your wellness. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And I'm so grateful uh, maybe a, like a year ago, I contacted the the psychology institution and I I sent them all like a thank you email mm. for that time uh, that I've had the opportunity, you know, because it it changed my life completely and how I live my life now and how I coach. It's it's all contributed all these these experiences. I it was not a good time, but I also take it like wow that. Uh, it enriched my life in so many ways, all these bad experiences as well, how I can relate to all types of people. I also grew up in a neighborhood with all types of cultures in Holland. And uh, also I can relate to different uh, people from different countries and, and the languages and, and their way of thinking, eating. So uh, I was in that time, I really was rediscovering myself. Like what what are these things that I felt I was not normal or whatever. No, it helps me now mm-hmm. to be the one, the person that I am today and the money that I make, the, the income that I make is all because of that, all these experiences, all this insight and, and empathic um, development, you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And also more understanding of myself. And now I have created programs that help women discover themselves and saying no, putting the boundaries, you know, um, it's more than just career or business uh, building. It's more from the healing part. And from there on, seeing yourself in such a more healthy and realistic, well, realistic, I say, because you think the realistic, what you think now is maybe not the person that you are. You are much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah. is, that's a huge chunk of things where like, I know with myself and my business too, is only once I started dealing with my crap that I started excelling in business. Until then, I was always holding myself back. I was always, I could get myself to a certain level and I'd stay at that level. I would never go past that. And that was my own crap that was getting in the way that 
yeah, I've had quite a few business coaches in the past that have helped me with all kinds of things. So with an online business, I've had coaches help me learn how to create programs, learn to do all of the backend stuff, learn to do all the sales and marketing, learn how to do different speech patterns and communication and all of these things. I kept hiring more and more and more coaches to be able to figure out, well, where, wh why am I stuck here? And I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm stuck because I don't know how to communicate well enough. I'm stuck because of this. And I'd get all these coaches, but they were all on the tactical things. The strategy. Right. And, and I, I mean, my strategy of my business is, is phenomenal. Like anybody comes in and looks at my business and my back end and how it's run or I like bring VAs in or they're like, wow, your business has run so well. I'm like, well, I've had enough coaching to make it that way, but none of them, I was still always stuck until I started dealing with my crap until mm -hmm. I started setting better boundaries until I started using my voice, um, being true to who I was. And, and that's when I started like getting my business to that next level that I'm so excited that you bring that into your coaching because that is a piece that is missing so much in a lot of these coaching programs is that they do, they do the tactical, the strategy part and they're missing that huge emotional mental part. Yes. And I struggled for so many years thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be making it? Why, why am I getting stuck? I'm like, I'm so good at this. Like the clients that do come in, I'm getting clients that are like suicidal state. And I'm getting to the point where like their, their sleep, their guts, their hormones, everything's on track and their suicidal thoughts are going away. And they're, they're not, they're calm with their families. And I'm like, well, why can't I build this past a certain point? And I realized it was that mental part of me, that mental part that was stuck, that not setting that, like all the things that you said and all those mm -hmm. things that, that you're creating those programs for, that you're helping these, these women with is yes. so important. And you never would have been there though, without this experience. Exactly. So that's what I do first with them to bring out the more confidence to build their confidence first and uh, increase their self-esteem with the, the, the things, the, yeah, my, my strategy of doing things then in the programs. And then from there on, they see themselves more clearly mm -hmm. and they, they come to a point from identity crisis, actually you're in like an identity crisis or at that point, like my life is just working, working and you come to like 56 years old and then what? Oh, so I'm still in a job that I'm just doing whatever. And yeah, that's not fulfilling. But yeah. you have, again, all these things that you tell yourself that you are not capable, you're not smart enough, or that's not even possible to make art my income or music or jewelry making, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. Or, or, or interior design or whatever. Um, you you have set these limitations on yourself because you don't believe in in what you are actually you know what you yeah. are so capable of and how to do it so first we work on those issues before you go into the strategy strategy tactical yeah and i so wish that i had done that that being said was i ready at the start of of starting that business possibly mm. not but possibly for that i'm not sure right? Everything mm -hmm. obviously happens for a reason because um, I probably needed to go through that to maybe understand more of the struggles that people are going through. But even those in, in the workplace where the workplace does get 
they're just so burnt out because they're saying yes to everything and they're they're doing all of the things and not taking care of themselves that once they do start taking care of themselves the job that they thought they had outgrown sometimes they grow to love again yes exactly um, that's true yes so true i had a client she she thought she wanted another job in another workplace but she just didn't she was actually very happy with her profession and then when she did the coaching that she noticed that there was other things going on maybe in private life and her and everything um um, family wise or whatever it's going on it's mostly so much deeper and more complicated than the surface always always yeah. and that's always struggle too to tell people what I do because yes I do work on the gut the hormones the nervous system like I do all of those things as you say the tactical strategy but if we're also not working on the things that set those things off in the first place then I can only help you to a certain point and you're going to hit roadblocks until you work on the crap that keeps setting those off in the first place. So yeah. it's, it's, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. And if we only focus on one, if we're only going to a specialist or a coach for like one tactical strategy or, you know, implementing something here or ignoring it all together, then it's not going to work. There's just so many pieces to that puzzle. Exactly. So yeah. true. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Virginia, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Um, two things. One is first off, I do have in the show notes all the links that you have passed on, but for people that are listening, how can they find you? And then I'm going to ask you one more question. All right. So they can find me on mostly on Facebook. Um, I'm more active on there and uh, you can send me a private uh, message if you want you just to reach out. Uh, I like this personal touch as well. So if you want to reach out, say anything about yourself, um, just to meet you, um, you can search me out my name, Virginia Rasmijn. So you will put that in the show notes, how to spell that exactly. Totally in the show notes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's not really, it Virginia is American, but the other one is from my husband from Aruba. So it's yes. like a, the name but that doesn't exist in the state so you can find that in the show notes and i have a, a website and that's my my mustang matters coaching.com like the mustang the, the horse i also love the car though the shelby mustang from 68 <laughs> but i i chose mustang matters because you matter you know and the mustang is that free, that wild free horse that wants to go loose Yes. you know and discover themselves that the power that you have and, and that's that's how i i have the name now for that and my coaching business so yeah but mostly on facebook you can connect with me so okay so facebook send virginia a message and then mustangmatters.com for her coaching business all those links are in the show notes so before we go if you were to go back and give yourself advice before your body got to the point that it got, before you got to the point where you couldn't write, you couldn't do your hair, you were just in such pain that you couldn't type, um, what would you tell yourself? I would search for uh, psychological help for someone that, uh, or a coach. Yeah, at that time, I didn't know, didn't know that coaches existed. Mm -hmm. But something like a combination of, of, of um, uh, me um, mental uh, health care, 
um, and, and coaching because the mental health care is more for the the uh, healing and and from yeah I'm like maybe different as a coach that and maybe you too where we have different strategies to do the healing part as well yeah but um and then just um try to get, give voice on to yourself like make yourself more important try to get into that headspace uh, and that's easier said than done because you don't know that at that time you know so, always afterwards you, you can say that but uh, right so just start taking steps taking step steps step. yeah taking care step. of yourself right each step that you take you'll either find out if it's the right step for you or the wrong step if it's the wrong step take another step yeah if it's the right step focus on that until you're ready to add another step yeah just one thing don't ignore your pain or yeah. don't ignore these dis destructive voices in your head, if you're dealing with that for a long time, give that, uh, give that, um, uh, how do you say that? Space. Yeah, absolutely. Allow that in to see like, okay, I'm dealing with this. Let maybe, maybe I gotta, gotta get help for myself then. Take myself seriously. Absolutely. Because yes. nobody, nobody will do it for you. Take yourself seriously. Yeah. I think that is a great way to end. Take yourself mm -hmm. seriously. Don't ignore what your body and your mind are telling you. Exactly. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today at the Burnout Expert Podcast. Again, go down to the show notes and you can get Virginia's Facebook link. I'm sure you gave me other links as well, if I recall. So there are more than just the Facebook um, and the Mustang Coaching website as well. Those are down there as well. When you go down, you will also find my um, links as well. You can go to burnoutexpert.ca for all of my Burnout Expert podcast, all of my work that I do with the general population. And you can go to 911lifestyle.com for all of my work with first responders. Have a great day, everyone. And we will see you in the next episode.